Yo, how's it going? Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. I have some housekeeping things. Uh, Please, please, please go leave a rating of five stars and leave a review for the podcast. Also, if you're not subscribed, please do that and go tell a friend. Share this thing. Help us grow it. I really appreciate it. It means a lot from the bottom of my heart to you. I give you a big hug and kiss, guys. Thank you. Anyway, let me tell you about a few friends, and then I will get to my guest. I want to take a second and tell you guys about my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Jumbo Superfoods is a California-based health food company that provides the highest quality cannabis-based products. But I want to tell you guys specifically about their CBD line. CBD stands for cannabidol. Cannabidol is one of the many cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant and has also been shown to have medicinal value, meaning it can aid in improving your health. The cannabis plant is an adaptogen, and CBD specifically has been shown to reduce inflammation, aid in mood regulation in cases of depression, but it can also reduce anxiety and stress, and has neuroprotective properties, meaning it can help the brain. It blows my mind when I think about all of the different things that this one plant can do. And this is just a small list of the benefits of CBD. Now, before I go any further, I know many of you have already heard the word cannabis and have automatically gotten worried. Let me put your worries to bed. You're asking yourself, will I fail a drug test? No, you will not. If you are buying high-quality products, like those from Jumbo Superfoods, they use only premium ingredients, nothing artificial, nothing harmful. All of their products are made right here in the U.S., and they are tested in a lab to measure for purity. You can actually go over to their website, jombosuperfoods.com, and see the lab results for yourself. Go check it out. And while you're there, you can check out their full line of CBD products. They have CBD spray. Their CBD spray is phenomenal. I like to put the cinnamon one in my coffee. It tastes delicious. They have CBD drops, both for you and your pets. They have a grass-fed ghee and MCT oil. Add that to your coffee. They have a lip balm. They have a muscle balm, which is my absolute favorite. I use the muscle balm after training jujitsu. I put it on my fingers. I put it on my sore muscles and such. It makes a world of difference. So remember, go over to jambosuperfoods.com. That's J-A-M-B-O-S-U-P-E-R-F-O-O-D-S, jambosuperfoods.com. Check them out. Use the link in the show notes. It helps support the podcast, so I thank you in advance. If you're a first-time shopper, use the code JOMBOLOVESYOU at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your first order. So one more time, go to JOMBOSUPERFOODS.COM. Use the link in the show notes. It helps support the podcast, and use the code JOMBOLOVESYOU at checkout to save 15%. All right. My guest today is a certified Savage. Today is a jujitsu geared podcast, ladies and gents. I sit down with Ezra Lennon. Ezra is a black belt. He teaches uh, at Finney's MMA. If you're listening on Monday or if you heard the podcast previous to this, depending on when you hear this then you're familiar with that gym already a little bit. Ezra runs the program out of there, and he is a world-class jiu-jitsu practitioner. All right? He has competed against some of the best in the world. He has beat some of the best in the world. He's competed at ADCC. Um, he actually, we didn't, I don't think we got to this on the podcast, so I want to talk to you about it now. He actually has an upcoming fight, uh, in Kansas City, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. So let me see here. It's, ah, what the fuck's it called? It's called the, uh, Ultimate Absolute BJJ in Grappling. It's in Kansas City, February 2nd, 2019. Ezra Lennon versus Carlos Dallas. 
D A L L I S. I'm I don't I'm probably fucking that up, but at 195 pounds, it it is the main event. Um, so yeah, man, I just had a really good time sitting down talking to Ezra, learning about his jujitsu uh, journey, uh, you know, some of his training philosophies and uh, and you know how he likes to go about it, and it was a really great conversation. So enjoy, guys, Ezra Lennon. All right, there we go, Mr. Ezra Lennon. We are good on. to go. We are good to go. We awesome. are on. We are live, so to speak. Beautiful. How are you today? I'm doing good. How you doing? I am excellent. I really appreciate you sitting down with me today. Oh no worries. Glad we can make it work out. Um, I know you're a busy guy. You got. I mean, you got a class right after this. Yeah, right after it. So. So. Squeeze you in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm actually also sitting down with Jesse Finney today too, and. Um, I think everybody around here is just super busy, but yeah. that's just life of an adult, that right? That time of the year. Yeah. So, dude, let's jump right in. I want to uh, to talk about, uh, for the folks listening who may not know, just a little bit about your background with jujitsu. Um, I've been diving kind of deep into your background, mm-hmm. and you're fucking savage, bro. <laughs> I try. <laughs> like, um, so for the folks listening, I mean, you got your black belt in five years. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel, I don't know, I feel like this closeness to you because I'm from, so I'm from Potosi, Missouri, but okay. then I moved to Jefferson City, Missouri okay, yeah, whenever yeah. I was like 11. So yeah. like, that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And then you're just, not, I mean, a little bit north but in mm-hmm. Macon. Yeah, about right? an hour and a half from right. Jeff City, yeah. Yeah, but then you came down to uh, to Columbia mm-hmm. is where you kind of yep. really started training. I started training there. I think it was like, end of 2005 around 2006 finally moved there in 2007 and then just stuck there until i moved here so yeah, yeah. so kind of similar stomping grounds mm-hmm. in a sense yeah. um so yeah so what got you into jujitsu? were you like a wrestler or no i didn't have any martial arts background at all my uh older brother zach who actually has a gym in uh columbia missouri he got into judo and jujitsu when he went off to college moved back for a little bit kind of showed it to me and then i fell in love with it got very lucky that in uh columbia missouri they had an american top team gym there and they like three or four black belts so i was able to just found that gym and then just trained yeah <laughs> pretty much all i did so during that time then you probably were crossing paths with like tyron woodley mm-hmm. and michael yeah. chandler and yeah. was Askren coming through yeah, there at Askren the time so you got a lot there, of high level grappling mm-hmm. early on yeah we had a lot of those guys they started out their uh Started out a lot of their jiu-jitsu and MMA careers right there at that top team gym. So yeah, got to train with all those guys quite a bit. So yeah. that was fun. Yeah, man. Um, I remember so going like growing up in Jeff City. Like, that's the high school I went to, and mm-hmm. we did a uh, we did a, a wrestling camp over the summer at Mizzou, and like Tyron and all those guys were there, like helping with the camp. And mm-hmm. man, they are just some crazy athletes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, super athletic, really good. Yeah, they taught several wrestling classes there and trained with us quite a bit. So. I was able to learn quite a bit from those guys, so yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. So no sports in high school or anything like that? I ran track, but that was about it, you know. Yeah. Didn't want to – yeah, never been into that many sports. I still don't watch a lot of sports, watch jiu-jitsu, and uh, that's about it. Never yeah. been into baseball, football, any of that stuff. Just, yeah, me neither, dude. Like, it just takes too long. It's just kind of just sitting there and, you know – I can still sit there and watch like a 10 minute boring jujitsu match, but like 20 minutes of baseball, and I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. Yeah. But I know some people love it. I just never yeah. been a fan. I don't mind going to like games every now and then. Mm-hmm. Just like the atmosphere is okay. Yeah, the atmosphere is fun, but as far as the game goes, I don't. Yeah. The last game I went to, I didn't even know we'd been there for about half the game. We're like, we don't even really know who's playing. Yeah. I knew it was the Cardinals, but I had no idea who they were playing. We just yeah, wasn't yeah. paying attention to the game at all. Yeah. I mean, you only have so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you watch a lot of jujitsu now? Still yeah. I watch jujitsu all the time. I like to watch a lot of uh, competition footage. Mm-hmm. That way you can study new games and see what all the new moves are. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you got to stay up with it because sports are always evolving. So if you're not yeah. watching it, you're going to get left behind. So yeah, yeah. I watch a lot of competition footage. So you find that you watch it a lot differently now than whenever you first started watching it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first started watching it, just no idea what was going on. You know, I just, I watched like the old school uh, DVDs, like the world championships back in like 2001 to mm-hmm. study that stuff. Not really sure what I was watching. Now I can watch it and I know I'm looking for certain guys to watch their style and picking part, right. parts of their game, then re-watching that, trying to see how they did that move and 
kind of teach it to myself if I can. Right. Yeah, you're seeing just little intricacies mm-hmm. that you didn't see before. It's like hand yeah. placements. Oh, they grabbed here. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like, he little just, details. Yeah, just little things. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Those I little love. details make a big difference when the actual move happens. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, you've, uh, when, when did you, when do you, when do you feel like you kind of made that shift? To like noticing those details, yeah, like in your mind, like because you, I mean, you've competed at such a high level mm-hmm. and you've competed against some of the best. Yeah. Um, so, like, when did you realize like you had to start like looking at the game differently? I'd say about the time I got my black belt, that's when I really started teaching a lot, and mm-hmm. so I knew I need to like keep learning, so I keep teaching more and more things. It's up until that, until brown belt and stuff, I had coaches teaching me and stuff, so I just went there and did what they told me to do. Yeah. But once I really started teaching and having students full-time, that's when I knew I needed to keep evolving and not just show the same moves over and over again, or no one's going to get any better. So right. I'd say around the black time I got my black, but I really started studying a lot of competition footage. And it's gotten easier over the years. You've got, like, flow grappling and all those mm-hmm. things. Like, you can just watch tons of footage on there oh, before yeah. you had to really look for it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some stuff here and there. You'd have to go and get the DVDs and buy all that stuff. But now, you know, you get a flow grappling thing and you can oh, watch yeah. whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, there's so much content available <clears throat> yeah. now. And then, um, like, all of the best, or everybody, unfortunately, even the people who aren't that good yeah. are fucking putting out footage. Yeah. But everybody's putting out footage these yeah. days. And so, I mean, you mean you... you Pick who you want to learn from, mm-hmm. and you can probably learn from them. Yeah, you can go on YouTube and type in X-Pass and see world champions putting it out there and then a bunch of goobers putting videos out there. And it's like yeah, and that's... Everyone's putting stuff in there. It's like if Salo's putting out a video on here, why do you think you've been training for six months, you need to put a video out of the same move? You know what I mean? Right. So it's like you got to filter through all that garbage and then try to find some good stuff. Right, yeah. How, um, <clears throat> what's, a, what's a young jujitsu pr- uh, practitioner to do? How are they supposed to navigate that water? Man, it's tricky because you go out there now and you see a lot of the. Uh, it's it's unfortunate too, like with the uh, the social media helps. Yeah. Then you also see like a crazy, ten step move where the guy is just laying there, and the person doing the moves doing like a crazy back take to twister hook to mm-hmm. calf slicer ten moves. And it's one of those moves that's not going to work in real life, but the guy's just laying there, not resisting. So like, oh, that's a cool move. I want to try that in class. You got a guy who should learn how to just get his guard back from half guard. Yeah, he's wanting to learn how to like do a crab ride, take the back. Yeah, Baron Bolo, and it's like, oh, that's dude, it, that's it, annoying. It kills me. So I teach kids class, and um, some of these parents will let their kids just all day just watch YouTube jujitsu mm-hmm. stuff, and it's like, hey man, like. I get what you're trying to do, but then you're you're almost just negating all the work that we're doing mm-hmm. here because like these kids are trying to do some like like crazy like 10th planet yeah. jiu-jitsu shit and yeah. it's like that's not what we're training right now yeah. like, i need you to shrimp and then like i yeah. need you to learn like yeah. an arm bar and like I basics need... <laughs> first then yeah. we can do that goofy fun yeah stuff you know what i mean right but that's the cool stuff that starts trending on like instagram and everybody wants to do it you know like yeah wow, that fifty thousand views in one day i want to do that move that's cool mm-hmm. that'll work yeah but meanwhile they don't know like the stuff like if you mess that up you gotta know how to get back to guard how to do this like you mess that move up, you got your back taken. Now you're right. Now what do now you do? you're done. How do you get out? Of ba- oh, you don't know how to get out of there because you want to learn how to barren bolo from some weird positions, right? Because so. it looked really so, cool yeah, on Instagram, exactly, or YouTube. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a challenge that a lot of people face for sure. Because so I'm a little conflicted because so I mean you've seen the the sport evolve, right? I mean mm-hmm. legs like the whole like just leg game is just taken off like mm-hmm. crazy and but it's not it's not so much here like in the midwest mm-hmm. do you see that as like a like a hindrance in in our area or yeah like, def- like, like, what are your what are your thoughts on that i guess is a better question i think it would be definitely good if everyone started just you know you got to keep up with it you know play the leg lock game even if you yeah. don't want to be good at it yeah and i'm guilty of it. i don't play it enough to like i don't do it enough yeah it, nobody just, does it around a, here really it's just there's a lot of stuff going on there you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you need to really if you're going to compete at that level, you got to do it, even if that's not going to be your game. Yeah. So you know how to defend it. You need to be right. comfortable there. Like, okay, I know these three options are here. This is my best course of action if I'm going to defend it. Even if you're not trying to attack those things, just like 50-50, Baron Bowl, and all that stuff, you need to know how to do it so you can defend it and recognize it. Like, oh, I think I'm getting put into something here. Yeah. As opposed to just going out there and like, oh, I have no idea what's going on. Right. Like, that was the weirdest footlock I've ever seen. Well, at the very least, you mm-hmm. have to be able to defend it. So I think it's good for everybody to – go out there and always just got to evolve with the sport. You know what I mean? If you don't, you get left behind. And then, you know, there's so much stuff happening, but like anything, like with the, for a while there was Baron Bolo. That was a huge craze. Everyone was doing it. People kind of started to figure it out. Like, okay, we know how to stop the Baron Bolo and counter it. And more and more people are doing it. 
So I'm sure that's how the leg lock game will go too. People are going to learn how to flow with it, start shutting it down, and yeah. just like that's the cool thing about it. it's always evolving. Before it was Barambolo, now it's ankles. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, I started working them into my game. So I did last, I guess it was in April, I went down to Austin and mm-hmm. I did the On It Open. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, I was expecting a whole bunch of like leg locks because I know mm-hmm. they had like, it's a big 10th planet scene down mm-hmm. there. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me kind of start thinking about these. It, it wasn't, there weren't very many people doing them. It wasn't a very big tournament. But then because I won that, they invited me for the On It Invitational, mm-hmm. which it was all no-gi. It was a... Um, it was a it was a tournament. They had a bracket, and then they had some super fights and stuff. That's whenever I was exposed to like, mm-hmm. whoa, like these yeah. are like high level people. Mm-hmm. Like I think uh, Kyle Chambers won it. He's out of Tenth Planet Oceanside. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that yeah, name. He, yeah, he's a real yeah, good brown belt. Yeah, he's legit. So, and then like, um, man, there was three or four people. I went against this kid named William Tackett. He's a he's like seventeen year old blue belt, and uh, he just won. I think he's three-time Nogi champion, mm-hmm. uh, Worlds. He won Worlds three times in Nogi. And then I think he, he took third um, at Worlds uh, as a, all a blue belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the kid's just sick. And then he, in the semis, was going against Kyle and was arguably winning the entire fucking match. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kyle's just, you know, slick veteran and just, you know, got the yeah. submission. All it takes is one little mistake and then... Yeah, oh, it doesn't take much. It. But, you know, just being, being there... And I lost to that kid. So mm-hmm. for for everybody listening, like I lost to a seventeen year old like blue belt. Mm-hmm. Like I I was not ready for this kid. Yeah. Like I freaking when you I don't think I gave the him or the the tournament the respect that it should have. Mm-hmm. Like I floated like I flew down like the day of and oh, the, yeah. yeah, it was That's risky. Yeah, it was yeah. yeah, man. It just wasn't good. I only had like four or five hours of sleep. Yeah. And then like I competed against this young savage who was ready. Mm-hmm. And like we this was an eighty five bracket and I think he was uh like one seventy three he mm-hmm. so he was way underweight of everybody like he yeah. went up in weight like this kid was really good mm-hmm. so you don't give the kid like the respect and then you don't like give the tournament the respect by like not even going down the day before that's just a recipe for disaster yeah and the way the sport's evolving too it used to be like blue belt was blue belt purple is purple you know now you've no. got blue belts to train full time and they're out there going after like that's this kid yeah you've got like some of your black belts who don't who don't compete they just teach and stuff and you have a blue belt come in someone he trains like, all the time. You saw Bill Cooper. He just got beat by some uh, AOJ guy. I can't. I don't know the guy's name. But, you know, it's different. There are levels to it now. It didn't used to be like that where, like, you had some guys who were purple and really good. But now you've got blue belts, purple belts training full time, three times a day. A lot of them are on the gear, too, so that really helps. Yeah. And they're going out there, and, like, it used to be like, oh, that's a blue belt. I'll beat him, no problem. It's like, oh, man, that blue belt is He's that different. guy rolls like a brown belt level. That guy is good. He's yeah. got a really good game. He trains three times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, the sport is yeah, gotten crazy. It's We're really like, tricky too because mm-hmm. you know some schools. So you got your black belt in five years, and you mm-hmm. were I, I read like an article. So you're saying you you were training like seven days a week, like mm-hmm. twice a day, right? Yeah, that's pretty much all. I didn't so really go out and party or anything. That's all you did was jujitsu, mm-hmm. right? So. Some schools, depending on, like, if it's, like, a super, like, old-school Brazilian guy who's teaching you, he might have made, even if you did that, he might have made you sit in your belts for longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, you just don't know. Yeah, everything is, yeah. (laughs) Everything is different, man. Everyone has a different approach to it, and some people throw those promotions out there really quick. Some people are stingy. You know, you just, you never know what you're going to get. You just never know, yeah. Yeah. Some places they will, uh, the unfortunate thing with the way jiu-jitsu is going, it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and more people are opening up gyms and trying to make a living off of it. So, to keep their doors open, they got to kind of water it down. We're like, yeah. ah, if I'm gonna, you know, it used to be like, you didn't get a promotion that easy. You didn't get stripes that easy. You know, you got it when you got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you should be training jujitsu to get better at the sport, not training for a belt. You know. Right. But it's gotten to where now everybody wants, you know, you got to keep people coming in the door, so you got to get promotions more regularly, even if the person is not very good. It's like, yeah. eh, it's, it's okay. It used to be blue belt. When I started training, I'd see, like, I remember going to Chicago, Naga, the first time I was a white belt, didn't have any stripes, only been trained a few months, and I saw some blue belts up there and stuff, I was like, man, that'd be cool to be a blue belt someday, that is, like, that is elite, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then it's just gotten over the years where, like, they kind of look at some blue, some places look at blue belts like, ah, oh, it's a beginner belt, you know what I mean? It's like, I think every belt should be earned and should be elite, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. If you're a jiu-jitsu blue belt, you should be good you shouldn't be able to get mauled by some guy who has high school wrestling and you see that now you see guys are blue belts or purple belts and it's like my god what's going on here but everyone wants to make a living off of it everybody wants to open up a gym now and they're like i gotta keep the doors open so unfortunately i feel like jujitsu is getting watered down a lot yeah 
which that's the unfortunate. You still got a lot of guys that are really good. You've got your legit gems, but then you've got places that are just trying to keep the door open. And okay, you've been here three months. Here's two stripes. It's like, oh man, that's yeah. That's not how this goes. Like yeah, you like, have, you, have you competed? Yeah, like yeah. time and belt does kind of mean something, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, for a vast majority of the people. You know what I mean? Like there's your outliers for sure. Mm-hmm. Your Ezra Lennons, your your BJ Pens, fucking, mm-hmm. you know, he got his black belt in three, you know, yeah. three years. Yeah. You know, but um, for for a lot of us, like regular folks out here, like you know, you need that time. You need those yeah. reps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're not training eight hours a day, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take take the time. You know what I mean? Get better at the sport. Like I moved through the ranks quick, but I never once was like looking for a belt. I was never once like, man, I can't wait to get my purple. Can't I? Yeah. I wanted to be like, when I was a blue, belt, I wanted to be like, man, I don't want there to be any question. Whenever I do get my purple, I was like, I want to be beating up brown belts, beating up black belts, and then get my belt. You know what right. I mean? It's like. And when I was going to, as a purple, I was like, man, I don't want to get my brown belt for a long time. I want to be mm-hmm. purple and just be like the best purple belt in the world. You know what I mean? And some people, they just want that belt to be like, yeah, I'm a jujitsu purple belt. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't really put the work in, but I'm a purple belt. You know what I mean? Right. And you get out there and it's like, man, you're really not that good. You're like, mm-hmm. you're not good at all. And it's At all. And that, that happens a lot now with the sport and the bigger, the bigger jujitsu get. It's good because the sport's growing. You know what I mean? More yeah. people do. Like used to be just what voggy here in st louis now you've got a ton of people a lot of people but just like anywhere you go you know what i mean like the sport's just gonna get watered down more and more right people want that and a lot of people need that uh oh, i need my promotion i didn't get promoted i'm gonna go somewhere else i'm gonna quit you know what i mean it's like if, i always tell people like if you're in this sport for promotions and you're in it for the wrong right. reasons you know what i mean like right. that belt's not gonna make you any better that's just gonna be wrapped yeah. around you you know that doesn't make you better doesn't mean you're going to beat up people or beat up the higher belts. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, train to get better. That's what I always did. And then the belts will happen. You know what I mean? If you really love the sport, you should be in it for the long ride, and then the belts will happen. You know? Oh, yeah. See, I've had tons of people quit because they didn't get promoted. And I'm like, bye. See you later. And I'm not going to promote you to keep you around. If you're in it to get a belt and you're in this for the wrong reason, yeah. I'd rather lose someone than promote someone who I didn't think was ready. You know what 100%. I mean? 100%. Like, if that's what you need, then that's, that's, that's your bad. You quit because you didn't get it. Bye. I don't want people like you around. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So. 100%, man. Because at the end of the day, if you do decide to compete, which mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that you would, you know, you want to test yourself and compete. I mean, you got to defend that belt. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and as a professor, I mean, if you're promoting somebody before it's their time and they go and compete, I mean, that's a yeah. direct reflection of you. It's like, oh, that guy's wearing my patch. He went out there and got beat up. Like, you know, people lose. Sometimes you have bad showings. That, that happens. happens. But it's like. That guy was complete garbage. And, you know, you always see that tournament. See somebody like, that guy has a purple or a brown belt? What the hell? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what you don't want. You see that more and more nowadays where, like, it's not just, like, one random guy out of that gym that's not very good. It's like you notice, like, several of those people. It's like, man, these guys are moving up through the ranks really quick. And mm-hmm. there's a lot happening here that shouldn't be happening. What's what's the big hurry? You know what right. I mean? Like, keep the sport pure. Keep it how it should be and stop watering it down. Right. But. It's going to happen. You can't control it. So yeah. you just got to worry about yourself and your students. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're, you know, taking care of, of, uh, of your people, mm-hmm. you make exactly. sure that your quality yep. of jujitsu is Fo- there. Focus on your students, build your brand and, you know, just let your guys go out there yeah. and beat up those other goobers. Right. You know it's like I mean? you have a lot of high belt, but nobody has any cauliflower ear. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on there? tournaments have you done? I've never competed. Oh. Okay. Cool, okay. Cool. Yeah. You? That's cool. Yeah. So what are your thoughts with uh, kind of the evolution of uh, of more submission-only tournaments? I like that aspect. I think it's cool. You know, I think I like them all. You know, people complain about IBJJF. They complain about this. I'm like, if you don't like that form- format, you don't like those rules, don't do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, everybody complains about IBJJF. Oh, the, the refs, they rep, rep. Like, you know that going into it. Like, don't complain. Yeah. Don't do it. So I like the style. Like, you got the EBI where they do the sub-only. You've got starting on the back, then you've got those no time limit ones. So I think it's awesome where you can have all those different styles. So where, yeah. and if you can go out there like someone like Gordon, who's shown that he can go out there and win in every one of them, it just makes people evolve more because yeah, you can't go out there and play for the advantage. You got to go out there, you got to go out there and go for the sub. You got to go out there and push the pace. Yeah. You know? So I, I like the idea of the sub only. They're not my uh, my favorite thing to do, the no time limit stuff. But yeah. that, that one I'm doing in February, that is 10 minutes sub only. I like the time limit on it i've never done like a no time limit match Mm -hmm. that seems uh i think the longest match i've ever done was like a 20 minute sub only and that was exhausting that's a long time that's a very long time so some of those no time limit ones those are uh props to the guys who do them and i wouldn't want to compete for that long like you can go out there with a tough guy and you know and and the thing with like uh 
some of like the no timeline ones, you really got to go out there and get after it. But when you see like the EBIs where it's 10 minute sub only, and then you start in the back, you get guys who can go out there and just chill. Like Eduardo Tellus, I watched him out there and he would just move around a lot hard to submit him. I mean, the guy's been around forever. I remember watching him compete when I was like, a before I'd even really started training, I was a white belt just getting into it, you know? Uh -huh. So he would go out there and 10 minutes, you're not going to sub him. Then do the back position, do the arm bar and you can win like that. That's the only problem, <clears throat> excuse me, I see with like the EBI ones, but, you know, that happens. You know, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't yeah. get involved with it. But Yeah, I'm sure there's people, yeah, who will only train those positions. Mm -hmm. They'll just stall out until they can get to those yeah. overtime positions. You experience like him, you know exactly where you can get caught, where you can't, and then wait till the overtime, and then you can go for the win right there. But, yeah. you know, it's strategy. It's part of it, but... I like the sub only. I like all formats. I think it's good to do all of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's benefit to all of them. Um, I don't know how I would feel about doing no time limit, but I, yeah. d I do like rolling for like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, that's a pretty yeah. good roll. It's different because you're going to – like the 20-minute one was interesting. I was real nervous for it. But when I got down there, I was like, you know, that's pretty cool. I remember like 12 minutes in, one of us got cut and we had to stop the bleeding. I remember I was like – God dang, this is still eight minutes left. I feel like I've been out here forever. And just yeah, both of us were just extremely tired. But it's like, okay, we always keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, it was pre it was. I was glad I did that. I'd never done that before. So yeah. that was a fun experience. It was a lot more fun than I thought it would be. That's not saying I'd want to do a 20-minute one again. But at least but you did it. I did it. You know what I It's like, yeah, I did that 20-minute sub only. That was fun. So never done a no time limit. I don't, I don't think I'd want to do that one. That sounds uh, – Yeah, that just sounds – It just turns into who has better cardio. You know I mean? You can really? last out 30 minutes. You watch like – what was that Keenan and Gordon one? Went like an hour and a half. I'm not sure. That was I think that was like two or three years ago when Gordon was first coming. I think like 2015, him and Keenan fought, and they did like an hour and a half sub only. I think it was, and he finally Gordon finally heel hooked him. But I mean that's just Dang. that's a long time. That is a long time. I don't know if uh, when's the last time Gordon's gone that long. I think it's been a while because you don't see uh he did that one with Philippe Pena, but that was only like 45 minutes. Yeah. But you don't really see that many sub only with him anymore. You know what I mean? He's got to do other ones because no one wants to yeah. do those sub onlys with him. You know? That's, yeah, that's true. That's that, true. That takes a lot of energy out of you. <sighs> yeah, man. It's yeah. Exhausting. So um, I'm kind of segueing here, but uh, you had the, you had the opportunity to go to uh, China and compete at mm -hmm. ADCC. Yeah, yeah. yeah that what was, was that fun. like, dude? That was cool. That was uh, Abu Dhabi was an awesome experience. You know, they take really good care of you. They're really professional. You know what I mean? They don't leave. Yeah. They don't leave you hanging for anything. They take good care of you. They respond right away when you're trying to get a hold of them. Yeah. The only part that sucked was just China wasn't that fun. It was area we were in, Beijing, was just like right there in the city. It was very smoggy. Yeah. It was dirty, overpopulated. And it I've just heard had. That. It just didn't smell good there. He's starting to. Sorry about that. No, you're fine, it, dude. It just. I couldn't wait to like get out of there. I remember like. Mm -hmm. It was fun watching. The, it worked out really well. The hotel was here. The venue was like right across the street. Yeah, got to watch it and then go over yeah. and go back. So I, it was awesome. I got to watch a ton of good footage, uh, good matches. Yeah, the competition was fun. It's just when that was over, like you'd open up the curtains the next morning and just smog, yeah. trash everywhere. I'm like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. And like, I could tell I wasn't the only one that felt that because when we got to the airport to leave. A lot of the competitors were on, like, the same two flights, so everybody was waiting in the same area, and everybody was just in such a great mood. Mm -hmm. And you could tell everybody was just happy to get out of there. Yeah. Everybody was just really happy and just talking. Everybody's being real friendly. It's like, I think everybody wants to get out of here. For sure. There was a joke, too, everyone was saying. They're like, they couldn't wait to get out of there, so they'd get home and eat some real Chinese food. Because <laughs> all the Chinese food there was, uh, Nobody liked I it. think I ate Pizza Hut and fried rice the whole time, because there was nothing else I could really. Really? Yeah, just nothing else was that good, uh, but, uh. If you need yeah. to get him real quick, buddy. Oh, he's fine. He's, he's just tired. He's fine. Okay. Might have to rock him. But yeah. Yeah. All he, good. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. So, you yeah. know, it was fun to go there. And I did not like the flight. I think it was like a 15-hour flight. Whoa. That was, that was horrible. And I think the, That's the, a guy, the guy I competed against, uh, first round I beat him. You know, actually, he was an American, so he was cool. And we all hung out before the flight back. He's like, oh, hey, I got some sleeping pills here. Take one. And so I took one. I, it had to have been like a caffeine pill because I didn't sleep You're up the whole a time. second. My eyes were wide open. I never got tired. I just sat there watching movie after movie. And I was like, oh, this guy drugged me with like a caffeine pill or something because yeah. I couldn't sleep at all. It was terrible. I couldn't wait Dude, to get off that flight. 15 hours is probably restless. Oh, man, it was terrible. Dang. Just sit, you know, you, you have all those good movies you can watch, but after like three of them, you're like, yeah. this isn't even fun anymore. Yeah. Then yeah. on the TV, they have a little countdown on the clock, like 12 hours, 12 hours, 59 minutes. And it's just, I'm sitting there watching the minutes tick by, making the flight even longer. Dude. Because I'm just watching and I'm like, 
God, I can't wait to get off this thing. I'm getting stir crazy. I'm getting antsy. There's not much I can do. And yeah, man, it was. But it was other than the flight. It was a good time. You know, I got to see China a little bit and walk around there, and uh, it was interesting. You know, it was a different, different mm-hmm. culture there. So yeah, I had a buddy. Um, his name's Alp. I'm gonna fuck up his last name, so I'm not even gonna try to say. You know, Alp, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fought in the UFC. So yeah. like he, I guess he was fighting for one of the like the China-based organizations mm-hmm. out there for a while. And he had came come and visit, and I was like, dude, how awesome is China? Is it great? He's like, dude, honestly, it's trash. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's really dirty for the most part. It was crazy dirty. Like the river I walked over, like just not like a huge one, like creek or I don't even know what it was, but there was trash floating in it, and it was nasty. Yeah. I'm sure if you actually got out to the countryside and went saw some, there's some beautiful stuff, but yeah. I wasn't gonna get in a taxi and go venturing off by myself, right. and yeah. no idea how to communicate. So I just yeah. I walked around like within a couple blocks of the area, and I was like, "All right, I've, I've seen enough. This is yeah." Well, I think even in the countryside, he was saying like oh, it's really? just really poor. Yeah, he's like can it's see just that. really poor. There's not a lot going on. Like I think it's like it, the best part is maybe I think he was saying like maybe you said you were in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where was he at? Might have been maybe, what, there's two big cities in China, right? Is it Beijing? Beijing and uh, man, I knew the other one because. Oh, I can't remember is what it, it is though. Is it Hong Kong? No, is, is it Hong Kong? It might be Hong Kong. That, yeah, that might maybe. be. Maybe. Either way, he was saying like the only real nice part was in like one of the cities, and even then, like you had had like you had to have a passport to even get into the city. For example, like if you lived in the countryside, you couldn't come to oh, the city. Oh really? Yeah, like they had oh, to man. have a passport to oh, even that's get crazy. in the city. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy stuff, but it, um, it was super crowded too. It was like people over. And I remember at one point, I even recorded like the kids getting out of school, and it was just wave after wave of these kids in uniforms just like an yeah, army of kids and i was like it was just so populated just there was no room to walk and i was like man i feel sorry for these people because it's just so crowded and overpopulated here it's like yeah you couldn't walk anywhere yeah it's like man it smelled yeah. bad and i just i was like oh, um, i would hate to live here i can't wait to get out of this yeah area. yeah i was in um san francisco at the beginning of uh, november and i walked through chinatown and i felt like maybe like i was i, di- I didn't feel like i was in the united states mm-hmm. like it was super crowded yeah. and then there's like there was there's trash all along the way uh-huh. and then like we're walking through this market and there's like fish out on the side and yeah. there's like all these like just like duck feet and just like all this crazy shit and it's a different atmosphere tons yeah. of people yeah so i mean it's probably not quite the same but Pretty damn close. I mean, yeah. it was Chinatown. That's how it was when uh, I went to Chinatown when I was in New York, and that was the same thing, like fish everywhere. Yeah. It, just, it was different. Yeah, and like you ducks walk hanging block, in the windows yeah. and stuff. And a block later, it's gone. You're like, oh, that was it. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's different. But yeah. Yeah, yeah It man. was good to experience and just see it, you know what I mean? Other, but Then uh, 2015, I went to Brazil. That was just, uh, man, I can't remember what town we were in. I think we saw Paulo. But that was just like a massive city, you know what I mean? It was so you're not dealing with standards. <laughs> just standard like a weirdo. Yeah, uh, right. That was just a different. That was just like a massive city too. It was kind of dirty. Uh-huh. Wasn't that cool? And I so both times I went there, I wasn't like I got to go out and do a lot of the sightseeing and stuff because I don't know the people. I was there by myself. Brazil's pretty dangerous for my understanding. Exactly. So like I had two two of my students went with me and we followed like. They had signs telling us how to get there, so we stayed in a group. Oh yeah. Lots, yeah, I wasn't gonna like venture off. Yeah, go man. like, hey, let's go sightsee down the road. Like, we didn't go further than, like, a couple blocks away other than, like, walking to the venue. Right. We stayed right there, stayed in the hotel, and it's like, I'm not going to go out and get robbed. Yeah, there's no need to ask for trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my luck, I'll go out there and get my passport taken away, stuck in the country or something. Dude, and, that would be the worst. Yeah, so we just chilled, went to the venue, walked in a big group. And that yeah. was it. So that's cool, that, though, yeah. man. Yeah. So you got to travel all over the world. You got to meet like a ton of cool people mm-hmm. and just uh, all through jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. All because your brother got, got, got yeah. you into I it. Got into judo and then got us all started out on it. Nice. And nice. I have two brothers are actually both black belts that live in Colombia. Okay. So yeah, that's pretty. Three black yeah. belts in the family. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard the Lennon brothers. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't really. Know, I wasn't yep. sure. What, like I got older brothers. They're twins, and then. Uh, all three of us are black belts, so. Nice. Yeah. Did they beat up on you when you were, when you were coming up? Is that? Oh, like through the jiu-jitsu or just growing up? Yeah, just of growing up, yeah. But uh, not so much through the, uh, with like Levi, he was down in Georgia. He was in the military, so we didn't get to train as much. We get to train all the time now. But then uh, Zach and I, once he moved to Columbia, because he was originally in Springfield training, yeah. got his purple belt, then he moved to Columbia so he could train at the black belt full time because when they were in Springfield, they just had like a Gracie Baja affiliate and a black belt that would come in occasionally yeah. and run stuff. They didn't actually have like full time. So he took advantage of Columbia having three black belts as well. And he moved there. Yeah. So that way he could train full time with black belts and all kinds of stuff. How you doing, buddy? He's teething a little bit. Usually he's a little calmer than this, but yeah. he's still doing pretty good. But he's yeah, so great. 
we uh we get to train quite a bit now. I go anytime we go back to Columbia, I go back to my brother's gym. We all get to train and stuff. So yeah, that's cool. It's, it's also good too because we get to bounce. Like, hey, did you watch this one match? Take a look at what he was doing there, and you get to bounce the idea of that move off him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what did he do there? I think it was this grip. Like, ah, okay, yeah, you're yeah. right. He did use that hand to do that. I thought it was this. Yeah. So that's cool. You can bounce those ideas off each other. Be like, hey, have you seen that new game this guy's playing? Mm-hmm. You know, and you get you get that. So that helps too. And that also helped like coming up through the ranks when um. Zach moved to Columbia. We're purple belts, so we would train together. You know, uh-huh. we'd go in and practice some stuff like, oh, I'm having trouble doing this. Let's practice this. And so we were able to, like, bounce those ideas off each other mm-hmm. and get extra training in there and getting really to fix on each other's holes. So that worked. That helped us out quite a bit, being able to train together all the time and yeah, work yeah. on things. Like, yeah, oh, when you have, like, a sibling to train with, yeah, that's huge. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine having two older brothers. I'm like I'm the oldest of okay. three, so yeah, yeah. that's why, like, man, I know the kind of hell that I gave my little yeah. brothers. So uh-huh. I can only imagine yeah. like, having two uh, older brothers to grow up with. Yeah. But then, yeah, I mean, once you're at a certain age, and then you all can train together. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun. We get back, get together, get some good training sessions in. So it's a lot of fun. For sure. For fun sure. Tr- it's fun too. We get to go to tournaments. We've gone to lots of tournaments together, world championships, you know, all kinds of tournaments and fun too zach and i we've closed out absolute tournaments together so that's cool yeah so that's a lot of fun closing out like an absolute with your brother and stuff so that's always a lot of fun so we've had some good experiences with jiu-jitsu through all of us traveling together and Mm -hmm. doing stuff so it's been pretty fun how do you like to approach your training um like for example i um i'll take certain periods of time like six months like i'll only work like one thing like like, i'm just gonna work back for like Mm -hmm. the next like six months taking the back like yeah like what's your approach i think that's a good approach i think you always need to be working on your holes and evolving yeah you know so i'll do one thing for a while i try to uh i try to do a lot of drilling you Mm -hmm. know instead of just rolling i used to like coming up through the belts like roll as much as i could now i try not to roll but maybe two or three times a week sometimes because one, the more injuries I have, the older I get, the harder it is for me yeah, to recover. Yeah, it's hard on the body. And, you know, rolling doesn't make you better. It's the drilling. So I try to get drilling sessions in as much as I can, you know. Yeah. And I think that, that really helps. Like, I'll work, okay, I'm going to do 300 passes of this every night this week, you know what I mean? Or we're going to work back tacks. Or, so I think that's that's what you got to do. You know, you got to focus on one part of your game. You have your A game, you know, that you can do in your sleep, you know what I mean? You can always fall back on that. So it's always good to try to add new stuff and then – you're like, oh, I don't really think this move works for me. I don't like this move. I'm not going to put it in my game. But then you at least learned it. You know what I mean? You yeah. got to practice. You're like, okay, I can, I'll can. i be able to recognize that when someone else is doing it or I, I can teach it better or something. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's always good to be evolving and working on stuff like that. But I do lots of drilling, lots of speed drilling. Like while guys are rolling in class, I'll get with another guy and we'll do 500 passes or something. Okay. And that's just like quick passes too, like a knee slice something you can hit real quick like sets yeah. of 10 you can get a cardio workout out of that so i do a lot of drilling and i think that's very important to do lots of drilling right yeah it really is i mean like you said everybody wants to roll like yeah. that's the fun part that's the best part you know what i mean yeah. like you get to go out there practice your move choke some people out but a lot of people don't like the drilling you know you can teach a move and you see people like drilling it during class or like getting tired of it yeah and i was guilty of that coming up through the ranks too like i get tired of doing like half guard sweeps or knee slices i'm like i know how to do this and you do it again like why yeah. am i doing it again third night we've done this you know and the more i came through it, i was like man you like with everything jujitsu you need to just react yeah you can't be out there thinking about the move so i really try to get that through to guys like this is why we're doing the same move again for the second week like yeah. as a warm-up yeah and i'll show something else so i'm like you guys got to get these moves down that we're not thinking about it, it just happens and everybody starts to slowly realize, like, oh, I hit that move, and I didn't, I just did it, right. you know? Yeah, and that's how you memory. need it to be. Yeah, it's got to be muscle memory. Yeah. So I try to really get that through to people, like, oh, we're doing this move again, because you have to get it down like this, you know what I mean? You're not yeah. going to hit it doing it 10 times, or if I show you two new moves every night during the week, yeah, you're going to get a few reps on each one, you're not going to remember it. Instead of us doing two moves for the whole week, and you did each move 10,000 times, and yeah. look at that, you've got that knee slice or yeah. that whatever that move was in your game now like you're using it yeah. totally worth it you know yeah it's like we're in an age of just just constant new information mm-hmm. all the time and it's it's like that's not the way to like get good at mm-hmm. really anything yeah. i mean you can't get great at jujitsu learning a thousand different moves exactly you know what i mean you got to f- fix one part of the time and you got to do that one move like over and over yeah and over because it needs to be something you do when you're not even thinking about it like that guy recovers his guard, boom, you dived right into that mover. He went to pass, you hit that rea- you hit that defense right away, you know? Yeah. If you're sitting there thinking about it, you're never going to hit it. Right. So you got to drill it to where, you know, you can yeah. do it without thinking about it. And then you can like, oh, I'm going to try this new guillotine tonight in class two. I saw that's, you know what I mean? Like right. focus on that. But then you got guys trying to do too many things at once. It's like 
Just focus on one thing at the yeah, time here. Build it slowly. Take your time. Don't mm-hmm. try to add 10 moves in one week. You know what right. I mean? Focus on a few things. Try out some new moves, but yeah. keep it simple, you know? Yeah. Basics work. It, they really do. And I think it was uh, Malcolm Gladwell's. I mean, like 10,000 hours to mastery. So, yeah. I mean, ten, just uh, equate that 10,000. You got to have like 10,000 reps to yeah, like exactly. just start to get that muscle yep. memory where you want it to be at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... And uh, I've been guilty of of this, like, whenever I first started teaching. Like, I remember I went to Jeff City, and I just, uh, like, I taught, like, a, just a little class or something. Mm-hmm. But in, like, instead of, like, slowing down and, like, making these guys only work on, like, two things, I ended up teaching them, like, six things. Yeah. And I'm like, they probably didn't remember yeah. any of it. Yeah. I've been to that before. We've had guys, like, gyms and stuff. They show a move, and they're like, oh, and it does this, too. And then you can do this. And then and you can do this. And I'm like, What? I don't remember the first one. How did this even yeah, start? Yeah, I, I just took you through this whole series, yeah. and you don't even know where we're at. That's almost a problem with, like, seminars, too. Like, you go yeah. there, they show you so many things. You're like, if I can remember one thing from this seminar and add it to my game, it'll be worth it. But then, you know, they show so many things. It's like, yeah, even though they all go together, yeah. 15 moves I just learned in three hours. That's, like, yeah. that's or, hard to remember. Or the one thing you like was at the beginning. Exactly. And now you're at the end, and it's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, how am I supposed Oof. to recall that thing back then? I don't remember the setup to this combo. What was that? Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't overload someone there because you got to just, you know, I don't show more than two moves a night. I don't even show new moves. Like I'll show a move Monday, they'll drill that. Wednesday, they do it again. Tuesday, you know, Nogi, they do something similar. But it's like that whole week was focused on like maybe those two moves. Yeah. And working, you know, they go and try it that night. And like, okay, you guys, I saw some guys having trouble with this move, this detail. Here's what was messed up. Let's go over it again. Let's fix it. Yeah. And then you see guys start to do it, and then we'll go back over it, add a variation the next week. Yeah. So I don't believe in, like, showing a ton of moves every week. I think you get a couple moves in, you add a couple basics there, yeah. and then it slowly starts to work, you know? Right. But if you get too carried away, try to show all kinds of cool moves, no one's getting any better. They all have, like, really bad variations of moves. So. Right. Yeah, man. I mean... In in the beginning, like all white belts are, are super eager. I mean, we all are. We we want to learn everything. It's like it's like you're drinking from a fire hose. Like you just want all the information that you can. But um, get his milk real quick. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No problem. No problem. If if you need to take it off, I can ramble. And okay. Oh no cool. no. We I'm got good. we yeah, got space. Cool. Yeah. We got plenty. Yeah. Over. No. But in the beginning, it's like you want all that information. But I mean. The real key for those guys is like just like just slow down, like just yeah, just relax just, your mm-hmm. mind and just slow down. Like, Learn those basics and just get that stuff down. Yeah. And like I got lucky, like growing up, like Zach, he was that was the one that got us started. He taught me a lot of that stuff growing up. I was like, work on the basics, keep it simple here. Don't do this. Don't carry. So coming yeah. up through the ranks, I was able to know that right away. I didn't have to like figure that out. Like, oh, I should just do the basics. So I really make sure, like in class, I preach to those guys, like. This is why I'm teaching this way. This is why it is. It may seem annoying that you're doing knee slices every day this week, but I'm like, you're going to get better at it. Yeah. Because, you know, like some guys, they have a full-time job, so they're only training once a week. I mean, once a night during the week. I'm like, if I show you a new move every night, you got to do 20 knee slides yesterday. Now you got to do 20 leg drags. You know what I mean? I'm like, you could class, like they could do class five nights, you know, a week, work full-time. I'm like, there, you got to do like three or 400 knee slides. Because you did that every night, and now it's starting to get better. You can start to use it. Yeah. You can start to put that in your game instead of just doing, like, really bad variations of everything I showed, and then you're not getting any better. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, that's the problem, especially if uh, the only time they're actually drilling that is, like, just in your class. Exactly. And then, and then they're just rolling all the other times, mm-hmm. and then it's like, man, like, we did this on Tuesday, and then now on Thursday you want to learn something new, but you still haven't finished, like learned yeah. what we did on Tuesday. Yeah. So I was really guilty of that too, man. Like um, it probably wasn't until I would even say maybe a year into my purple belt that I just really started just to like slow down and like mm-hmm. whenever I would come and I would and I, I just I gained an appreciation for drilling is what it was. Yeah. It was like I come in, it's like. All right, well, we're doing arm bars today. Before, it was just like, I fucking know arm bars. Why, yeah. am, I, why am I doing arm I bars? I do an arm bar in my sleep. I don't yeah. need to do this again. Yeah, it's, it's like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need this. But now it's like, okay, cool. Well, we're doing arm bars today. Mm-hmm. Let me do arm And maybe maybe you teach arm bars just a little bit different than mm-hmm. the way I do it. And instead of being resistant to what you're teaching right now, okay, well, let me just do it the way that you're teaching right now. And yeah. then I can at least learn from that and mm-hmm. evolve it to my game. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's, The thing with jiu-jitsu is like there's so many variations. And so yeah. everyone has a different approach to a certain move. Like, I do my armbar like this, like, okay, let me play. I don't really like doing it like that, but, you know, I know another way if I can show that to someone, like, oh, this variation doesn't work for you. 
I just learned this variation here. Let me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can pass that along. So it's always good to have that open mind and try new things, but you really do need to appreciate how important drilling is. Like, yeah. especially starting out, like a lot of guys just want to roll. Like, are we rolling today? I'm like, don't ask me that. Yeah. Just stick with the drilling. So there's some nights where I don't want to drill. And I'm like, I need to though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm going to go out there and compete. I need to do these passes. You know, I don't want to, I'd rather just sit there and watch everyone else roll and relax from like, nah, I need to get yeah. a few hundred reps in here while I can. And afterwards I'm like, all right, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But sometimes drilling can get kind of boring. You know, you don't want to do it, but it'll make you a lot better. It makes you so much better. Mm-hmm. Dude, I shrimped for two hours the other day. Yeah. And then like, um, I, I could immediately feel it whenever I rolled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just it's crazy. You just get those shrimps. hips back. You're like, oh man, I'm moving my guards better. I'm moving here. <laughs> yeah. I'm re-guarding better. My defense is better. And I'm just, I'm moving better. You know what I mean? Right. So it's always good. Like even just like basic stuff, like occasionally I'll just throw in like, even for like the advanced class, you know, I'll throw in like super basic moves. I'm like, it's good to go back over the basics, guys, you know? Even yeah. though you guys have been playing, like, De La Hiva X, it's good to go back over armbar from mount or armbar from sight control. Just, mm-hmm. you can never, you're never too good to do moves, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's always good just go back over the basics. And I do, oh, sorry, buddy, I do it myself, too, you know what I mean? Work just basic half-guard sweeps and mm-hmm. just simple stuff like that. The basics are what work, Basics always. work the best. You know, look at Hajar Gracie, and he did... Basic jujitsu, you know what I mean? Like just pass the guard, close guard sweep, cross choke from mountain. Look how good that guy was. Like, oh yeah, guy. it's almost a compliment. It's like yeah. dude, his jujitsu is so basic. So basic, like close guard, arm drag, sweep, mount, choke. You know what I mean? Like yeah. pass to the half, pass to side, knee on belly, mount, and then it's like that guy's beating world class black belts, submitting them with it with ease. Those are the basics. You don't have to go out there and try to be like a meow brother and invert and yeah. twist yourself up. Like basics worse. There's a guy, uh, I can't, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, it's like Hudson Mateus or whatever his name is. I don't know. Uh, he's on a Coyotera black belt, but he's kind of, he's back with playing the closed guard old school. He hooks the sleeve. Uh-huh. He's big into arm bars from mount, arm bars from everywhere. And he's got like that basic old school jujitsu, but I mean, he's, he's world-class. He's out there. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a guy who's doing basic jujitsu. He's not out there doing fancy inverting or anything crazy. Yeah. He does close guard and he kills people with like good black belts you know so yeah it's cool to when you see like an old school style of jiu-jitsu come back against these modern guards and stuff and it's like oh that's cool to see like the yeah old school style like still, still works, works today yeah yeah you just got to make it work for your body and your type and then it still works so that's what's that's yeah. what's cool about jiu-jitsu it always comes back around you know what 100%. i mean it's like nope close guard will never work it's done you know you got a guy going out there and competing at the highest level beating people with basic closed guards. So right. that's that's a really cool part of jujitsu. Yeah, that's super cool. But on the flip side of that, you know, you got things like uh, in the most recent uh, UFC fight with BJ Penn. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember the guy he fought. Ryan, Ryan Hall. Yeah. Ryan Hall, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, you for, forever, it's like nobody's ever going to do that in a fight. It'll mm-hmm. never work. You're not going to yeah. attack the legs. You're not going to go invert. Yeah, you're not going to do that Imanari roll into a heel hook. You like, know what I mean? It'll never work in a fight. You'll get yeah. your face punched off, right? And he does a good job of, you know, go out there and submit BJ Penn, who, who although BJ is way past his prime. I right, wish it's not the same BJ Penn. It's not the same, but still you go, you go out there and tap a guy who's good, you know what I mean? But yeah. High-level jiu-jitsu still, yeah, I would hope. Yeah, it's unfortunate to see someone like BJ, who is so good, still fighting, losing like seven in a row. It's like, oh. yeah, man, he's going to end his career damn near 500. If oh, he's yeah, fighting. I mean, he's like 15 and 13 now or yeah, something. It's like he hasn't there. won a fight since, like, he knocked out Matt Hughes. Really? When was that? That was like 2011. or I mean, that he hasn't re- won a fight oh, since. Oh, man. It's been a while. I mean, he, he had a few years where he didn't fight in there, but I think he's lost like his last six or seven fights. Yeah. And you hate to see that, guys who were so good and they had like their legends Chuck Liddell, some of those guys, and they just Fight lose, lose, checks. lose, and it's like, oh man, like, yeah, I hate man. to see that because, especially like it's just Chuck Liddell, because like I don't think BJ Penn. I mean, he's taken. I mean, BJ Penn's taken a lot of punishment, mm-hmm. but like. Chuck Liddell, his last fight, like his lights got shut off. Oh like, man, like that was—he's had some brutal it's like brain damage right there. Yeah, like, man. Oh man, you should not be allowed to fight because dude might be forgetting his name before long. You know what I mean? Like right. he, looked, he looked seventy years old out there fighting, and then just yeah. It's like when you know, it's like when Chuck gets knocked out, he doesn't get like rocked and wobbled. It is just like out yeah, he's cold, out. and he's he just dropped. goes limp, and that head falls, and the arms go behind him. And like his head hit—that's a second, carry, like secondary hit there. Yeah, yeah, like he has been knocked out way too many times, like brutal knockouts. And it's like, man, stop, please, stop yeah. fighting, do something else. Like, yeah. I just hate to see those guys. You know, you like grew up watching them fight, and you're big fans, and they just stick around and stick around. You're like, yeah, 
man, you're losing to everybody now. It's <sighs> yeah, dude. It's like, like I don't know why BJ Penn would do it. I, I wouldn't suspect he needs the money. I would imagine maybe Chuck does. Yeah, I could see like some guys sticking around. Like, okay, you need the money. That's cool, but uh. I can't see BJ. I know he comes from money. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So that's why I'm like, why are you still fighting? You just want to win one more fight? But I thought he would beat Ryan Hall. I was like, oh, Ryan's not going to be able to get anything on him. And, like, when Ryan did that roll, like, BJ didn't even react. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm in a heel hook. Then he rolled the wrong way. Wrong it's like, way. Yeah. oh, man, like, you weren't prepared at all for that. He rolled the wrong of, way hard, too. Yeah, like, you might have just tore your own knee up. Yeah, that was all him. There's a couple of those memes out there where it's got some PJ with some frown on his face and says when everyone's been doing leg locks or... Oh, I saw I that. butchered it. It's, it's, it's a like, funny meme, but... It's like, uh, yeah, like, you missed... I think you posted that, yeah. yeah it's, it's like it's when everybody's funny. learning leg locks and it's you've like, been missing yeah, a technique class or something like but that. Like, BJ didn't even get a sprawl start. It's like his hands were down looking at him. It's like right into it. Like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, dude. And yeah, and when he rolled, like, yeah, he almost ripped his own knee off. Oh, yeah, you watch that in slow motion, like, Oh, God, his leg is... Mm, yeah, dude, it makes my knee hurt yeah, just thinking I'm... about it. But, hey, you know, this this is the game. Yeah, this is sports the game. always evolving, and, you know, things change. So, yeah, it's, you wouldn't have seen, like, the old BJ Penn that happened. He went out there and knocked Ryan Hall out. But, oh, yeah. you know, that's... Yeah. I mean, when was BJ Penn killing it back in, like, 2002, 2003 and stuff? That's a long time to be... I remember he beat Matt Hughes the first time in, like, 2003 or 2002. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Man. That so was, like, UFC 46. That's when Randy and Vitor fought. So, I mean, that was back in 2002. That's a long time to be fighting. That is a long it's time. It's a lot of wear and tear, a lot of damage. So. I mean, that's, you're talking, six, what, is that 15, 16 years yeah. ago we're talking? Yeah, that's crazy. A long Whoa. time to be doing a combat sport. Yeah, man, time flies. You know, you yeah. Could, you could do that at jiu-jitsu, you know. It's not beating up your body. But, like, you got, like, MMA, wrestling, boxing, like, that stuff, you're taking brain damage, you know what I mean? Get hit in yeah. the face over and over again. Yeah, man. You see guys like Vanderlei still fighting or Shogun. It's like, oh, man, hate yeah. to see that. Yeah, they should have been better with their money. Mm-hmm. I can only just assume that they're broke. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can understand, like, the urge, and, like, you feel like you can still do it. But, mm-hmm. like, you're just chasing checks at that point. Yeah, you're not really – look, their bodies are kind of fat and stuff. It's like, you're really not training that hard. You're making weight and just doing the bare minimum, getting knocked out, and your name still carries a little clout because of what you did. Yeah. But you're basically just getting walked all over and just – taking brain damage at that point which is it's not worth it you know who gary goodridge is you remember him big daddy no. i think his name was big his nickname was big daddy he fought in like the early ufc's he fought k1 that was a dude who just kept fighting and fighting look him up there's pretty good articles about him and stuff it's a sad story but that's a guy who stuck around and kept fighting he was doing paycheck fights and he has brain damage now like he mm. doesn't do much you yeah. know that guy was back in like early ufc's i remember he fought like uh Dan Severn, those guys. Oh, wow, yeah. Fought like Don Fry, fought in Pride, K-1. Yeah, and this, true pioneer. That's a dude who, like, he's got brain damage now, and it's yeah. pretty sad. Like, he doesn't do much. So he, like, spends a lot of time in his bed looking at his phone and just not the same guy. And there's, yeah. once you get that brain damage, there's no coming back from that. You know, yeah, and like, oh, I'll heal up. No. Yeah, dude. And they're showing that, you know, there are cases of CTE from just as little as, like, you know, high school football. Like, yeah. one season even. Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I fought for, you know, almost a decade and uh, once I started like worrying about my brain all the time, I'm yeah. just like, I gotta, I gotta not, not do this anymore. Yeah. It's not like call for her, like I can get that fixed. Who cares? Like, man, you get brain damage. That's permanent. Yeah. You're not getting that back. You're yeah. Forget your name, piss your pants, whatever. That's that sucks. That's scary. Yeah. At a certain point, man. You know, once, uh, yeah, once there's too much damage done, mm-hmm. it's it's terrible. But the good news is there there are actually a lot of different things that actually help our brain. Which, dude, I've I've dove so deep into this like like down this deep rabbit hole yeah Yeah. well so first like my daughter was diagnosed with like autism she's not very like severe on the spectrum though i almost Mm -hmm. wonder if this like an even accurate diagnosis because it's such a big spectrum yeah and she's not like a lot of cases by any means but anyway there's so many different things so like for example like creatine um actually helps like brain growth um <laughs> cbd does yeah um, there's everybody's a, getting the cbd now yeah there's a mushroom called uh lion's mane mushroom which actually yeah, helps I've heard of that, yeah, yeah i put that in my coffee it has neuro okay. uh, yeah neurogenic properties okay um what else is there Collagen actually helps, I think, with your brain. Yeah, uh, collagen is a lot of been good for a lot of stuff. A lot yeah. of good benefits mm-hmm. with collagen as well. So, yeah, just all these different compounds that you can actually mm-hmm. use to help like regrow brain cells and That's like protect good. them. It's just crazy. Yeah, the preventative yeah. maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, and then instead sleep. of waiting until it's too late. Yeah. yeah, that's where people mess up. Yeah. And then sleep. So many people neglect sleep. Mm-hmm. Sleep's and then, important. Oh man, it's like the most important. It's just like rest days when you train a lot. I used to be. Uh, I never want to take a day off. You know what I mean? Like. If I'm doing cardio on Sunday or I'm lifting, drilling, rolling, 
a couple times that day. You got to do something. It's now that I've gotten older, I'm like, man, taking two days off, not working out at all, not just going nuts and eating junk food, but just letting your body rest. Yeah. That's an important part of training, in my opinion. So many people, they're like, oh, I can't take any days off. And I used to be that way too. But like, nope, you got to train as much as you can every day. Yeah. Or else you're getting worse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh man, two days off, you come back, the body feels better, your injuries are feeling better. Absolutely. Your body needs that rest. So rest days, I didn't used to feel like it, but you know, the more I train, the older I get, I'm like, so man, important. rest days are important. Yeah. Doing nothing, just letting that body heal instead of just pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I used to be real paranoid. If I wasn't training, I was getting worse. And I'm like, well, that was just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I come from that, like that same, like just that grind, 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 go, mm-hmm. go, go, especially with like, I was a wrestler and then like, you know, moving into uh, MMA, it's just like, you know, you got, you got boxing, you got MMA, you got mm-hmm. jujitsu, like you got wrestling, you got to get all these different things in. So many things you got to do, you got to cram. There's no time to rest, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, the more I've learned, dude, rest is where it's at. That's where the gains really are. Exactly, like, yeah. that's whenever you... Uh, Sleep, you know, you got to let those muscles, that whole body just relax and then, yeah, mm-hmm. rest days are important. I always tell guys that, like, oh, I got to train. I'm like, man, just take a day off. Yeah. Let your body start over, you know what I mean? Like, that is important. Yeah. Remember my first, I never, and another thing is I never used to believe in like overtraining. I always thought that was a myth. Yeah. I'm like, you can't overtrain. You train hard. You feel good. That seems like 2013, no gi pans. My last day of training was like the Tuesday before. And I was going really hard every day, cardio, everything. And I was in good shape, but man, I got out there in the match. I felt good for the first four minutes. And then we had a scramble. They restarted us in the middle. And I just felt dead. I was like, man, my legs are jello. I wasn't breathing hard. Just everything shut down. I was just exhausted. After that match, I hydrated back up, went and rested. I was like, all right, I'll feel good for the absolute. Went out there and was just dead. Yeah. And I was like, man, I just, I really overtrained for this one. I was going out at like midnight and we were doing hill sprints. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, we're going to train four days on, four times this day. Your body just, you can't do that. You no. know what I mean? Like Mm-mm. you can, but you kind of need a little help. You need some, uh, need to be on some jet fuel or whatever they say. Yeah, I so mean, yeah, you're going to need something. Eventually, something it catches you. up with you. If you're not on something trying to help you, your body can't really handle it. And I, I didn't used to think that was real. So yeah. Like, no, you can't overtrain. You're, you're getting better. Yeah. You're getting in better shape. What's the worst that could happen? But that is very, very real overtraining. Do you monitor your heart rate at all with, with training? Not like during training, but like, uh, do you ever, do you have like a baseline for like your heart rate or anything like I that? I never or? do. I was going to get into it at one point. I downloaded an app and then I just. I'd get in bed and like, oh, you need to check it right before you go to bed. I'm like, ah, I'm not reaching for my phone. Yeah. I just never really got that into it. Yeah. I don't, uh, no, I don't do that. Probably help, but I just yeah. do. No, I've never gotten it. I know a lot of people who do and they wear the monitors and they do all that stuff. I'm like, eh. Yeah. I've, I've never gotten too deep into it. I, um, I got a, like a watch. It wasn't a very expensive one. And I found it wasn't very accurate, so I didn't do it, but um, yeah, I've, it's definitely something I've been thinking about getting. There's this, this ring that you can wear. It's called the aura ring and it's, oh, really? it's supposed to be like the most accurate one that you can actually get. So it's, it's like taking readings like constantly, like, huh. like every minute, like there's like multiple readings being taken and it uses like, uh, I think it uses infrared light as opposed to green light, which is what a lot of these other ones use. So the infrared doesn't affect your photoreceptors and then, uh, just a couple other things, but either way, it's supposed to be one of the best ways to tell mm-hmm. as far as like from a training perspective. Like, I mean, if you just know what your baseline resting heart rate is mm-hmm. and then like if you wake up and like you check your heart yeah. rate in the morning, like if you're just like six or seven beats over like your normal resting heart rate, then it's like, Hey, maybe like you just take it down on that training day. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I'm not really big at like, I w- some people obsess over it, right? Like yeah, you can, you can really get, obsess over yeah. the numbers. Some people get real into that nerd out yeah. on pretty hard. And but, I just, uh, if I could just like wake up and it's like, Oh man, like, man, my heart rate's like 10 beats over where it should be like maybe i should just like dial mm-hmm. it back yeah. because you might feel okay mm-hmm. but just you know you don't yeah, know your body's not going to react the way it should you might feel there yeah but you're really not yeah so yeah so. i know yeah but yeah i know i get it it's uh it's just one more thing to track i will check my heart rate right before i do like treadmill sprints we'll get on there you know you can put your hands on there and it'll check it yeah but i never get like the most accurate reading because it'll go way up because right before we started i'm nervous so i'm like this is gonna suck I can feel that I'm nervous. I'm like, I know my heart. I know my heart rate's lower than this, but I'm so nervous to like treadmill yeah. sprints. If you do them hard and you set the pace on them, they can suck, you know. Oh, yeah. So every time I do it, I'm nervous. Like, 
oh man, this is 10 minutes and this is really going to suck. You're like anticipating So I'm suck. super nervous. I'm like psyching myself up. And I'm like, well, this yeah. isn't even accurate now, but maybe like I'll check it like while I'm running and it kind of gets a little more accurate once you're not nervous. But yeah. at the beginning, I'm like, this isn't even close. I'm freaking out right now. I'm so nervous for this cardio because it sucks. But you know, that's how cardio should be. It should suck. Yeah. If it doesn't suck, if you're not nervous for it, then you're clearly not doing it right. You know, so I view it. I can dig it. I can dig it. All right, well, we are about an hour, dude. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah, and uh, you got class in like six minutes yeah, or so. Yeah, here so. right around the, yeah, any minute uh, now. Yeah, so, hey, um, floor is yours. If there's um, anything like you, any sponsors, anything you want to promo, plug, uh, socials, anybody want to get a hold of you, say, ask questions, come train with you, anything, yeah. any, whatever you want to talk uh, about. If you want to get a hold of me, any seminars, inquiries, anything like that, uh, hit me up on Instagram. It's just under my name, Ezra Lennon. I want to thank uh, Game of Sports for the gear sponsorship and uh, Leo optics for the sponsorship as well. Just all my teammate students and training partners, everybody that helps out and wouldn't be able to do without them. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. And I'll put all that. I'll put those in the show notes. Awesome. And everything Perfect. Like that. Thank and, you. Um, yeah. Dude. Also, you're like the king of fucking memes. Dude, so. I, I, I'm, I'm in a lot. I get that all the time. Actually. I'm in a lot of, uh, closed group meme pages that, uh, there's some inappropriate memes in there. That I can't really share, but yeah. you know, memes are funny. You know what I mean? So yeah, keep it up, dude. Yeah. I love it. It's good. I like to hear back from that. That's always good. Try to keep people entertained with those, you know? Yeah. I like memes. So I hope other people do. All right, I appreciate <laughs> it. All right, brother. All right. Thanks for having me thanks, on, man. man.